1: We used to joke that he would go into like the garage of the tunnel and just start lunging about on one knee.
2: <laughs> Episode 226 of 20 Minute Tims and I am joined by Melly. Yes, and Stephen, what's happening, folks? And I'm your host, Jamie. And it's we're going to have a podcast of two matches in this game. Two very, very different performances from, as far as I'm concerned, one pretty lukewarm, stroke bad European performance from Celtic this week. But I think one absolutely terrific performance against Hibs Melly.
3: Oh yeah, it was brilliant. Just sat yesterday, me and Stephen done a match reaction after it, and I had all this pent up energy because I'd just seen a good Celtic
1: game. <laughs> it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, a, a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon's work from Celtic, that was. But it's nothing new to say that it's the arguably, if not definitely, the best performance of the season so far. I'm just looking forward to talking about it, actually. I, I'm, we were all excited, as Meli said, Well, all pent up, all, all excited after the game. But getting a second chance to talk about it suits me.
2: Right, but before we get to talk about it, obviously, we need to do a bit of housekeeping. That means talking about the Patreon. And the sort of new thing we're doing this season on Patreon is giving you the full... Match day experience. So, you will have heard Stephen and Melly mention the reaction podcast there. That comes out immediately after the match. Before it, we do a live preview show that's exclusive video content, brand new to this season. That's available on Patreon. In terms of content, you're getting almost daily podcasts. So, last week we had the History Boys Abroad and their fantastic podcast on Neil Lennon. Nobody does Celtic history better than these guys. We had the Tactics Board. We paid for a professional scout to scout Riga to tell us what to expect. Obviously, we had the live preview and the match reaction. We had the Friday phone-in. We also had the live preview of Hibs and a match reaction for that. And you've got the flagship podcast, so it's Almost Daily Podcasts, over on Patreon. Now, there's two games to talk about, guys. Performance of the season. Neil Lennon said it's the best performance, or one of the best performance, since he's returned as manager and, and first time around. Now, <laughs> uh, Melee, you're making a noise there. It was good. Was it that good, though?
3: I don't, it was really good, it was really good from pretty much the the first goal right onwards, it was brilliant, but one of the best performances, I'm not sure, we've had a lot of really good performances under Lennon, so maybe it's just, definitely the best performance this season, but We've had a lot better performances, I say, but I don't want to downplay the performance because it was really, really good.
2: Aye, nothing but positivity about that performance, Stephen. We've been saying for a couple of weeks that we just need it to click. We just need it to click. Certainly, we've been getting the points, but the performances haven't really been there. First big test of the season. We get the points, we get the performance, we win 3 0. There's surely nothing to complain about after that. That was
1: tremendous. I'll try my best. To compare <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, le- no it, it was an absolutely great performance. I was slightly nervous going in because I thought, no, just based on the performances we'd had leading up to that, it'd been a little bit, a word you used earlier, lukewarm uh, leading up to this game, whereas Hibs were also dropping points here and there, but they, were, they, they definitely represented the biggest test of the league season so far. There's no doubt about that. I, I can see Hibs comfortably finishing third. This season, it may be even pushing Rangers for second. Let's see. Let's see how it goes, but no pressure. I don't think it's a coincidence though that Celtic played the their best football of the season so far against a team that at least tried to bring the game somewhat to Celtic. We've yeah. kind of struggled yeah. against teams that sit in this season so far. And going forward, that still remains a question mark as to how we're going to go about unlocking those defenses. However, no complaints about the Hibs game. I thought it was absolutely excellent. The first half was quite even. I, th- I thought Hibs were at least in it. Because again, let's let's give the credit where it's due. Hibs are a good team. I don't want to just dismiss Hibs as, as just yet another you know Scottish football fodder. I will just sweep my side. I thought Hibs were, were good in the game, created a couple yeah. of chances. I mean, they
2: proved that against Rangers, you know, they yeah, proved that, that against right.
1: Rangers. But sem- Celtic, for the most part, simply squashed them, absolutely snuffed the threat <laughs> out and, <laughs> and played some absolutely great stuff along the way.
2: First thing we need to talk about is the lineup. It was another sort of picking mix lineup Barkus, Biton, Duffy, Ayer, Frimpong, Taylor, Brown, McGregor, Christie, Ayeti, Mo Elionusi playing a couple of new arrivals there. The one I want to single out is, is Near Biton. I think Near Biton's performances for Celtic, especially in the, since Neil Lennon came back, are, are going under the radar a wee bit. There's, he's a guy there who seamlessly slots into this Celtic team. He doesn't seem to need any time to get it up to speed. He comes in, does exactly what he's there and required to do, does it well, plays a 6 or a 7, drops out for a couple of weeks, comes back in. There's almost no adjustment when you had a bit on me, and I thought he was terrific.
3: Yeah, he was great against Riga during the week and he followed that up with this performance again. One of those performances in Riga where the team didn't play well, but he stood out, he done everything right, he was great and again at the weekend, kept his place and he just looked the most assured defender, which is yeah. weird because he isn't a proper defender. I was going to say, you know what you get from Buiton, does exactly what it says in the tin, but it doesn't because he's not. A, he wasn't a natural defender. He has been for the past three seasons, but he just slotted in there played brilliantly and he's so calm on the ball as well his
1: passing's great it just adds something to that back line when we've got him in there There's honestly an argument to be made for Beaton being arguably the best centre half we've had this season just based on a handful of performances when he's come in and looked great Mm. I think that does a bit of a disservice to Ayer because as much as he probably makes more mistakes than Beaton. He also plays a lot more and is is more of a, yes. a an integral part of that defense. So I, d- I wouldn't like to say Beaton is without doubt the best we've got back there, but he's he's a great option to have. I just I, I want to see him play more, and I want to I want him to get the credit that he deserves as a an out out defender because. He was excellent at Ibrooks last season when we went there and won with the, the Hayes game, I think it was, the, the, the Hayes, the, the final insult that. it was called, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I, I thought he was great in that game and I came away from that thinking, do you know what, Beton looks like a centre-half, he plays like a centre-half, now he doesn't, as we've just said, uh, or de- described me, he like, doesn't look like a midfielder who's just been plonked out there because he's over six foot, he actually has the basics of defending. He looks great at it. He gets his body in the way. He makes big tackles, as we saw against Riga in the opening exchanges. He had this big, crunching tackle and just sort of set the tone for the rest of the game. But, yeah, I'd be perfectly willing to stick there. It makes me less less concerned about the position. I know there's still been some talk. It's kind of died down a wee bit in the last few days, but there were, until recently there was still some talk about being after another centre-half, maybe with a view with Ayer potentially going... But I'm an awful lot less concerned about it now, now that I've seen Beton's last couple of performances. Do you remember the defence for that game at Ibrooks? It was El Hamid came in, he'd
3: just sort of won his first mm, games yeah. alongside Julian, Beton and Bolangoli. Three <laughs> new starters flung into yeah. that back four. Clean sheet.
2: Celtic have really settled into the three-five-two since sort of adopting it a couple of weeks ago. Um, this one, obviously, saw Greg Taylor, Taylor out in the left and Frimpong come in for James Forrest. I think Stephen, you you've you've coined the Frimpong phrase now. Frimpong must play. It's that <laughs> yeah. it's that simple now, isn't it?
1: Uh, without a doubt, he is the best player we have in that position. And I, I don't want to to come across like I'm celebrating an injury here, but what what I came away from the game in the last is couple he the of best games, player thinking, on the team. Is he the best player in the team right now? Um, current form? Well, you said he's the best form, player yeah.
2: in that position. I, I, there's an argument for saying that Frimpong on current form is the best player in the team.
1: No? Uh, do you know what? I hadn't thought about it prior to you saying that. It hadn't really occurred to That's why, to why you, I'm here, mate. That's why I'm yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wouldn't argue against it. There's there's no one else I would put up a fight for and say, no, no, wait a minute, risk it. There are obviously other highly important players in the Celtic team, but as far as form goes in the last few weeks, Frimpong's right up there and possibly number one. Um, the, the what I was going to say about James Forrest being out of this game, it's it's not a good thing, but what has happened is Frimpong has taken that and flourished from it. He's he's played the ma- well, he didn't start against Riga but he played the majority of the game and he's been excellent. It's it's kind of like what we saw all those seasons back when Griffiths got injured and Dembele all of a sudden just burst onto the scene and didn't look back. It was mm. it wasn't like a positive that someone was was injured or out of the team, but it's it's just another example of someone taking their opportunity.
2: I really felt for uh, Josh Doig at at back <sighs> for Hibs because yeah. Frimpong had the boy on toast, man. He, he Just every time, he just dropped that shoulder and passed him, dropped the shoulder and passed him. There was nothing Doig could do. Hibs then started dub, to double up on him. And even at that point, it almost made absolutely no difference. There was almost nothing Hibs could do
1: to abate the Frimpong
2: attack. Mm. I think no, you call you're...
1: that the performance by Frimpong versus Doig the runaround. I think that's <laughs> what they refer to in <laughs> oh. football parlance.
3: Because Celtic and Hibbs both played 3-5-2, it was just a straight shootout between the two of them and Frimpong he obviously won it. He's, as Stubbs said during the commentary, his pace is frightening, he can mm. do that We touch past and get in behind him. Dodge will learn a lot from it, he's a decent player from what I've seen so far this season and that was why I was quite surprised that Frimpong had him on toast every time, but Frimpong was great throughout, he just makes things happen, he just... I've, it will happen because he's such a good player and he's improving every time he plays but he just needs to get that final ball and see when he does he's going to be absolutely outstanding for us because he can get past, he can get to the byline, it's just looking up and picking out that final the final pass that final cross that isn't quite there yet but I've no doubts he will get it and he's just a tremendous player, he's just great to watch because there's not a lot of players in the team that go past players and he's one of them, it's just you need it in days like that. Yesterday, uh, um, obviously know that uh, Frimpong did set up the goal during the week, and they also had a hand in the second goal. The him and Christie sort of combined down that right hand side, get into the box. Ball drops to you know, see. We just seen how uh, Frimpong, Christie, F- Christie moved out to the right hand side a lot more this time. Gave us a bit more balance. Him and Frimpong sort of partnered up out there, and when they get in the box, ball drops to El Yunusseh, manages to get that shot away, but when you see the replay from behind the goal, the movement from Ayeti, as soon as El gets oh. that ball, he runs round the back into yeah. the space in case it, it just breaks off, and that, that striker's instinct, is just there to finish it, it was great, a great bit of striker play from him.
2: And you know what? That's why Ayeti is my guy this season.
3: <laughs> oh, picking the top scorers, young guy. O- <laughs> Odds,
2: od- I'm going to go further though. I'm going to go further. Odson who? That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, Oddson. Oh, don't talk. I don't want to hear about Odson Edward anymore. There's a new guy in town. And His name's Albina Ayeti. but I'll be. Oh, wait, wait, with... wait. I've just what? had
3: a tet on. Oh, no, he's out for three months with a hamstring. That's your, your guy. <laughs> Are you kidding?
2: <laughs> <on>? I'm <joking. laughs> I, knew, I knew he was injured. I thought the BBC Update gave us a three-month. Um, obviously, Yeti scored the second goal, but Cal McGregor scored that first goal again. It, honestly. It's difficult to pick out a player that played poorly in this game, but yes. I suppose we'll, I suppose we'll get to Greg Taylor. Um, I'm only kidding, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, Callum McGregor scored. He loves that low shot, doesn't he, Stephen? That's a Callum McGregor. That's a
1: textbook McGregor. Yeah, it's something we've been talking about for years on here. Now that that very, very satisfying Callum McGregor technique, where it's very little backlift and very little follow through. Just his his wee legs, just a wee lever, where he just smashes <laughs> his foot through the ball right into the bottom corner. We've seen it so many times, and I, I know I said um, on a recent podcast that he's my pick for Player of the Year on the condition that he gets more goals. But that, uh, I have to correct myself there. I have to kind of. Acknowledge that he scores an awful lot more goals than he's probably given credit for. It's It feeds into that thing we we'll always suffer with Callum McGregor where we maybe don't notice just how good he is because he's good and almost it. It, it. has He's had a wee bit of a dip recently during the, the start of the season where none of the midfield was really functioning. But now that he's back fully on form ever since that Livingston game, Aye, he's, he's just an absolutely brilliant player. But... He scored a lot of goals towards the end of last season when Celtic were playing their best football of the season after that change of formation, so it's obviously something that's suiting them at this moment in time as well.
3: I thought the game was pretty even to start with, but that that goal really settled us down and allowed us to play and it also meant Hibbs had to even though they did sort of go for it, they had to come out then because there was there was no way they could just sit in after going one 0 down early on. It's something that we've maybe not seen a lot last week against Livingston and this week we got the early goal and it allows us to dictate the play on our terms, doesn't it? Because then yeah. we can we can play how we want if we get the second goal, brilliant, which we did. But that just that early goal it was just brilliant from McGregor because if you take away. If you took out McGregor from that and you just seen the shot, you'd be able to go, oh, Cal McGregor scored that because it yeah, is yeah. what you said, Jamie, just a typical goal from him. Celtic were playing well after that and just settled us right down.
2: Hibs will be a bit annoyed at that goal though, won't they Stephen, the amount of time and space that McGregor got in the ball, it was a decent wee run from Greg Taylor on the left hand side to pull the defender away, but he still left Cal McGregor with acres of space and they, they weren't too quick in closing down Ryan Christie either, he had plenty of time just to play a square ball right across Hibs'
1: goal into the feet of Cal McGregor, it's a dangerous game if you're going to play that, isn't it, on NG Your Own Box? Yeah, definitely, I don't think Jack Ross will be too satisfied with that, or the second goal for that matter that we've already mentioned, nearly talks about the el shot, but it was good improvisation by el to get that, that wee poke away, but there were four players around him. There was four players in a grid, like a little cube behind <laughs> uh, El-Yanoussi, and he still managed to get it out of his feet unchallenged. So Hibbs didn't exactly cover themselves in glory defensively, but <laughs> what I overall think about it is that Celtic didn't really allow them. The Celtic no. didn't let them get into their, no. their defensive shape or, or settle into the game properly. Uh, well, certainly in the second half. The, the first half, Hibbs did okay, as I said earlier, but the second half, they just didn't get near them.
2: I want to talk about that second goal, though. I want to talk about Albina Yeti, because see that 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 striker's instinct, you know, is. But I love watching that. I absolutely yeah. love watching it. When that game, when that move started, I think you might have said this earlier, on, but when that move started, just to illustrate the point again, he was 8, 10, 12 yards behind Ryan Christie. He was hmm. when Ryan Christie was in the box playing the ball through to Elianoussi, a Yeti was still outside the box and he just makes this curved loop and run into the back post and that's instinct. He thinks to himself, right, Mo's going to get a shot off here. If it doesn't go in the back of the net, it's probably going to end up at the far post and I'm going to be able to find space there. And that absolute killer instinct, it's like, you know how they say like a shark can smell like one droplet of blood in, <laughs> in-, in-, in, a mil- in-, in the ocean? Yeah. That's, that's what a Yeti's got for goal and... And he's got the technique to back it up. And that's, what I love. that's why I love the guy. And it was a tremendous, tremendous Celtic. It was a tremendous team goal. But his movement in particular, if you never noticed it, go back and watch it on YouTube. He's well behind Christy when the move starts.
3: Yes, yeah, something special. It's so intelligent from because if the keeper saves it, it breaks out. And as Stephen said, the Hibs players were in a grid all around uh, El Yannoussi. What does Ayeti do? He goes into the space the bit where the ball yeah. might drop, and there he is, right place, right time, no, he knew exactly what he was doing there, he's far more intelligent than that, he was in there because he knew there was going to be a chance, and it was a great finish as well, just a, just a pity that the old hammy went after that and he had to go Aye. off, because sometimes he's quite quiet in the game, but he always makes a telling contribution, whether it's to hold up and bring somebody in, or to just do what he simply does every couple of was it
1: half an hour or less? Score a goal. Another first-time finish from him as well. Yeah. Doesn't he Doesn't he need us twice to stick the ball in the back of the net? I'll be in It's all about instincts with him. It's all about instincts. He's not someone who, who makes himself really known during the game, but he always pops up. And it's very hard to coach that. You don't really teach that striker's instincts as much as people might take on the legends of the club to be their striker coach and all that kind of stuff <laughs> you see in England. We've, uh. we've, we've brought on Teddy Sheringham to be our striker coach and all that stuff. That's a very difficult skill to to teach. How oh, to be aye. in the right place at the right time and put the ball in the back of the net first time. And we've, whatever paid for Albion eighty was it five million? Absolute snap. Already? Yeah. Yeah. already,
2: absolute snip snap already, absolute snap already. And then, yeah, goes off injured, and unfortunately for us, we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as the <laughs> as as far as the squad selection went. There on the bench, we only had the options of. Edward, Clamalla, Griffiths, Turnbull, and Cham or whatever. And eventually, it was Odson Edward that did come on. We managed to flex our squad muscle in this game though, because there was oh, a couple yes. of changes. And when we looked to the bench about who could come on for a Yeti, we just ended up settling for Odson Edward. It was one of those days you just had
1: to make do. Um, <laughs> I Dragging and another... <laughs> the best player in Scotland off the bench to to scrape the bottom of the barrel, as you said. See, see on the bench, right? Just before we move too far away from that, because it needs it deserves spoken about. Obviously, el played up front here. We, we had the debate before the game over, look, we've got two striking berths here. Who are we going to pick? We've got oh, room for two, but El-Yanoussi takes it. So El-Yanoussi is, in effect, a secondary auxiliary striker, as he played in this game. So does that mean that Celtic had five strikers in the matchday squad like for, the, right? for this game, <laughs> I, I including El-Yanoussi? A el Griffiths, Clamala, Edward. What does that say to you about strikers? There's too many of them. <laughs> Another way to look at it is pe- people like people them. like strikers. Let's pick some more of them. <laughs> Christie played striker during the week as well, so six. of course. So teaming
2: the strikers, think, yeah. I think I prefer Elianus in that position than on the left. Ooh. Mm. Would you? Would you think? Mealy, I thought I, th- I think he was terrific. I think he was terrific against Hibbs, and obviously oh. I'm saying terrific about every Celtic player. But yeah. I, I think he's more effective in that position just behind the striker and I I think he's really good at forming partnerships in there and I also liked with him there Christy paying a wee bit deeper and getting more yeah. involved in things I think that's a really good I think that's a good up front balance I think Elianus Ajeti in fact to be honest with you I'm very very happy with that whole midfield and attack the way it was set up
3: yeah I, like you said I can't really argue with M D performing I thought before the game, I was really excited to see Christy in behind Elianoussi and Ayeti, and I thought there was some good link-up play between Christy and Elianoussi before, uh, before half-time, and mm-hmm. he had to go off, but Elianoussi... I love him. I think he's a good, great player. I really hope we could find somewhere for him to play in this formation. I think he could play number 10 if need be. And if he's just playing as a striker or just off a striker, I'm happy with that because I think both Edward and Ayeti play better with somebody like that beside them. But just on his quality, he's got that. I think he's got that. He can play in there. But the work rate and desire from the guy, if it was going to finish Mm 2-0, I'd have been a wee bit gutted because I thought he deserves a goal for the amount of graft, the press, the work rate he put in all game. He was pressing the hibs the whole game and they couldn't really handle it. He won the ball back so many
1: times and I thought he was just tremendous throughout. He needed a big performance, didn't he? Because we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. He's been left out and we even described him, or I described him last week as finding himself a wee bit on the outside looking in because of Mm -hmm. the... The formation, so what does he do? He just adapts and plays where he's asked to play and gets on with it and plays extremely well. So it's yet another string to Celtic's bow and they've got another player who can play in a slightly different position to the one he'd been slightly off-forming earlier in the season and right, it can only be a good thing having this. This amount of attacking options, we didn't eventually need all of them, but to have that amount of attacking options and that amount of goals, potential goals in a squad, is going to sell Celtic awfully well. Going forward this season, because we're going to need as many of them as possible. As daft as that seems to, to say, we're going to need as many goals as we can possibly muster. It's the quality
2: in that final third. You know, it's the, yeah. it's the quality that Celtic have in that final third. And Ayete and Elinousse re, rekindling that Basel partnership. You know, Hibs mm. have got some decent defenders. They've got, they've got handling. they've got McGinnon yeah. there, who, and, and Portis, and those guys are aggressive. Like Ryan yeah. Portis is an aggressive player. There was a lot of aggression from Hibs, but they, McGinn as well. There was a lot of aggression from him throughout the game. But as you said, they couldn't keep up and see some of the, the one-touch pass and the way Celtic were zipping the ball about in the Hibs half. It, it doesn't really matter how aggressive he are if he can get near the ball. And I'm very surprised there actually wasn't more bookings in the game. Um, yeah. Because hmm. the ref, I thought the ref let an awful
3: lot go. There wasn't until the second half somebody was booked, was it? But just yeah. on that, see, whereas last week the Livingston game where Celtic were three one up and they got that goal, see... This week I thought the second half, although we didn't get as many goals as the first half, the performance was great. We started playing football and we didn't really give away any real chances for Hibs to get themselves back into the game. The third goal was obviously the icing on the cake, but 2-0 I thought we looked solid throughout. I thought the back three, Duffy, after a bit of a shaky start, settled into it, I thought Ayer and Beaton were great and then Scott Brown in front of them had his, his best game of the season, so mm. that
2: gave us a solid platform to build on, and we just didn't look like conceding in the second half, I thought. Do you think the learning Celtic team is evolving now? Do you think he's he's still spending these games trying to work out his best his best of living, his best shape for these guys? Well, I think so. It's It's been a
3: bit tough. We've obviously had a sort of stop-start season. There's been a couple of wee dips. To the, I think we need to remember how bigger blow it is going out the Champions League so early in mm. the season, it's a really harsh one to take, especially when you maybe felt you're the better team and you should have went through, but we have to deal with it, we have to adapt, and that's what Neil Lennon's done again, he's changed the formation, sort of suits the players, we've had Julian and Forrest go out, and it's allowed a couple other players to flourish, well, Frimpong obviously, it's allowed El Usset to come in with Edward and Ayeti, not quite fully up to speed and playing together, so We've had to adapt, make changes, and it's making the squad look a lot stronger now, because we have got players who now seem to be playing well just after a couple of weeks ago where we were maybe bemoaning the lack of options. We're swimming with options now, and the introduction of Turnbull as well just gives us another great one.
2: Steve, would you be happy with this team in this shape, this lineup going at the Rangers game? I think this is my favorite lineup and shape of the season that we've played. Uh, uh, the formation's always been the same or it was rather the formations changed once to when we started playing the 3-5-2. Um but, but the way we're playing, we were talking last week about these patterns of play that just didn't work. This constant drifting out to the left, trying to get Taylor involved in the game against Riga that wasn't very yeah. fruitful. And we'll talk about the Riga game as well. But there was none of that this time. There was a lot going through Christie, a lot going through Frimpong, Elianus, Eagetti. The whole balance of the team sort of shifted a wee bit now with just a few changes in selection.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to get carried away with it because ultimately it's one game and we've seen, this is about Celtic's 10th or 11th game of the season. So really we're looking at, less than 10% of the time we've played as well as that rate. So I acknowledge that going in to any talk about how well the team is going to be going forward. What I said up front about how I don't think it's a a coincidence that they played the best football of the season against the best footballing team of the season that we've played against. I I think they turned up trying to play a bit of football, trying to take the game to Celtic and just basically walked straight into Celtic's trap with it. Well yeah. Yeah. credit yeah. to them for that because I'd certainly rather watch that than watch Celtic's percent la- Labour to that scoring against the uh, take your pick Livingston or Kamarnock or something like that. So credit to Jack Ross for actually trying to get something out of the game and, and ultimately failing right. That's that's fine. I'm sure he doesn't see it that way. I'm sure he doesn't relish coming home with a three 0 defeat. But at least they tried to do something against Celtic and ultimately came up short. The the shape looks excellent when they're playing like that. I, again, can't have any complaints about that game whatsoever. Some of the stuff they were putting together in the second half was absolutely brilliant, including the likes of Scott Brown in the midfield. There was a moment with him and Yunusi where they basically played a 1-6 with each other, not a 1-2. <laughs> they, they basically played the ball back and forward between each other. R- running rings around the Hibs midfield, it was absolutely great to watch. I have reservations. If you're talking about a Rangers game, I have reservations still about some players going into a game like that. But I don't want to take anything away from what was a great performance, to be perfectly honest. I think there's still things to work on. I think mm-hmm. defensively, they looked good, but Duffy was a little bit shaky in the first half. Certainly in the first half, there was two long balls that completely caught him, like, caught him dreaming. I don't I don't know what was going on with him. It's a Taylor- highlight. I think it's the highlight right, yeah. for Duffy. Okay. you mentioned him, let's talk about it because yeah, we need to. Why not?
2: I, I think the change in style that Duffy is is still getting used to this high line at Celtic. He's not back to the wall, he's not defending deep the way that he was at Brighton. He's looking over his shoulder a lot more, and then there's a couple of times he got caught in just a foot race with a couple of guys yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and struggled. We, do we need to find a way to try and eliminate that? Do we need to say it to Duffy, right, you just sit back, let the other guys get involved in the build-up. You can be almost a sweeper. You just stay an extra. You don't need to come up that extra 15, yeah. 20 yards.
3: I think Duffy's a good enough player to adapt. I think it's just, as you said, Jamie, coming from Brighton, where he's maybe defending a lot deeper, whereas Celtic, most of the time, he's he's usually in the other team's half starting off, mm. starting off attacks. So I think it will just be a wee bit of an adjustment period because he is an international player an experienced player but maybe just expect him to just come in seamlessly and be fine forgetting that for most of all of his career basically he's played in teams that defend deep so maybe it's just a wee bit of adjustment period for him but ultimately I think he'll be fine I think that Hibbs game he's one of those guys that he got caught twice, but after that he was perfectly fine, and we seen later on in the game at 2-0 he made an absolutely smashing block on Hibbs. probably best chance of the second half, that's what you get with Duffy, you want the two either side of him Ayer and Beaton they're going to be the ball players Duffy's going to be the one who who clears everything and blocks everything, and he he done that great in the second half, so maybe it was just a wee wake-up call for him in the first half with those two
2: long balls over. Speaking of the second half, we saw David Turnbull come on for more minutes than he's played for Celtic so far this season, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, he's a really good player. Now, I don't know how many games he'll, he'll start because we scouted him with, with Blair and his player sort of says, look, he's not going to start 20 games for Celtic this season. He's going to be an option. He's maybe one for next season. And he is very similar in Stouty. Callum McGregor, but someone tweeted us today, and I apologise, I can't remember your name. And they made a great point just as we set, set it out recording this. He goes, When was the last time Celtic signed a midfielder or a player from this league that looks so comfortable in our team already?
3: Oh, he was tremendous, <laughs> yeah. absolutely tremendous when he came on. Just I said to Stephen on the match reaction yesterday, I was sitting watching the game, excited. And then every time he got the ball on the turn, that way you sit up in your seat because you just expect something to happen. I think he just slotted in there and he was perfectly fine. When you said about the three-five-two, 5 Jamie, and is it the way going forward? I think it is. But see if a Yeti isn't fit for the Rangers game. I think I would mix it up. Hear me out, right? Hear me out right, about okay. this. It's all, it's all because in, Turnbull played so well. So I'd go back to 4 I'd have... Right back, Frimpong, centre half, Harsh is on, is on beat on, Duffy and Ayer, I, I left back Taylor, or hopefully we bring another one in. Midfield free of Brown, McGregor and Turnbull, Christie out in the right, Elianus in the left, Edward up front, matches up Rangers, gets all our good players in and it gets Turnbull, McGregor,
2: Brown and Christie in because Forrest won't be out mm. on the right hand side. Just I, think, uh, I think he's going to have to come up with something, Stephen, isn't he? Because it's, by the looks of it, the reports today as we record this podcast, the Yeti is a serious doubt for the Rangers game. Do you think Turnbull's at the start against Hun's stage yet, though?
1: Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, looking based on a 45-minute a cameo. It's not really a cameo, but a 45-minute yeah. appearance in which he looked like a breath of fresh air. He looked oh, absolutely he great, and he looked as if he's been playing for Celtic for years. And it just... A signing like that, who, who comes in and looks so good straight away... And I don't know, it's the early days. So, if if someone comes in and plays badly, you say, well, give them a few games. So, I suppose on the other side of that, if somebody comes in and plays brilliant, you need to say, well, let, let's see how it goes going forward. But a sign-in like that annoys me because it just it makes you just rue the amount of time and money and resources that Celtic waste going out and buying these like, quote projects. The guys who they come in and they spend three years rattling about in the squad and then they go out and loan a couple of times and then they disappear. Guys like Turnbull are available. I'm not yeah. saying you have to sign them always from Scotland, but you don't also... You surely be able to recognise that a player... And let, let's not forget, he's still... He's a young player as well. Yeah. He's 21 years old and comes in and, and he's able to look like that straight away. I get That's uh, possibly a debate for another day. I don't want to drag us back into the transfer quagmire that, that is Celtic's transfer dealings. It looks... Again, he looks like a a guy who's been with us for several seasons now. What stands out, one of the things that stands out about Turnbull is his ability to dig a ball, and that's maybe sometimes underrated. And I said about a Yeti that he has skills that are very difficult to teach. Very difficult to teach that what Turnbull has in abundance as well. He can first scud a ball on target, he he had the hips keeper working once or twice as well. Some players are just born with that ability to be able to shoot, and it's not coached into them. Because look, look at the amount of top-class coaching someone like, well, Scott Brown has had all of his career. Can he shoot for to save his life? But <laughs> is has just got that natural ability, and I think he's going to get a lot of goals for Neil Lennon's Celtic team. I, I think he he posed a threat immediately, and as we saw, well, mm-hmm. Unice's goal. He, he can he can set up goals as well. So he's maybe not one to. Play all the time straight away, but I'm already looking forward to seeing what he's got. Fling him in, Straight him in. The Start. Just <laughs> that's
2: madness. Tell you what, see, see if, uh, see if I see David Turnbull start against Rangers, I'm going to lose a bit of faith in Neil Lennon because that's last roll of the dice. That's a wild card. See if, oh, see if David yeah. Turnbull starts against Rangers, I'm counting that as a Neil Lennon wild card. And th- <laughs> what that's, we that... forget,
1: what we can't forget about Turnbull as well is he's played against Rangers several times. Yeah. He's played against Celtic several times as well. Yeah, I don't I... see him being phased by it.
2: Aye, but he'll be taking the place of somebody that's played against Rangers and played for Celtic more times. So that's that's no, no credit. Right. If he's on, well, if that, he's he's on no better form than
3: them. What, why? Right yeah, now, he I'd can't say. Can't be in better be...
2: form than them. He played forty-five minutes against Hibs and you're creaming your wee nickels over it. Give, <laughs> give <the win laughs> me a break. It, here, let here, me man. have it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, who,
1: who else has got forty-five minutes worth of form in their belt this season? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Greg Taylor. There you go. <laughs> Uh, That was Greg Taylor's best game, and a Celtic shirt that he came away for that game with rave reviews. I thought he was energetic, enthusiastic, still thought his delivery lacked. Um, A number of attacks seemed to break down when they went through Greg Taylor, but luckily for Celtic on this occasion, we had Frimpong, Christie, Hmm. McGregor, Ayeti, everyone else sort of operating in other areas of the pitch. I don't think the sum of Greg Taylor's total parts amounted up to much aside from a lot of energy
1: and a lot of running about Stephen, i thought it was much better is yeah. what i'll say about greg Taylor. i thought it was his best performance for a while looking back a, a, a wee bit deeper into things looking at stats and stuff like that, i know we don't tend to do this on on the flagship podcast can, just, but can yeah, i just stop you
2: there before you talk about stats here's how i feel about stats Stephen. okay and data see if i think something and your stats back up then i agree I'm happy to hear those stats. But see if I think something and your stats disprove that thing that I think. Well, oh, you can I stick them the on your ass. <laughs> I o- I, that's fair right? enough. That's how we all work here. Yeah, that's how <laughs> yeah, stats so work. So <laughs> I only want stats when they prove what I
1: already think. So please. Good. Yeah, continue. well, that's. Don't we all? Uh, in terms of in terms of his passing, he had actually one of his poorest games of the season. But that, that doesn't tell the whole story. I think he did a very good defensive job against one of the form players in the league. He was up against Martin Boyle. And I feared for him, to be perfectly honest, yeah. because Boyle's been flying. He's, he's got goals and several assists this season so far. He's very, very fast. So I thought oh, Taylor is, is in for a bit of a shift today. However, he handled him absolutely well, flawlessly really. Boyle was involved in maybe one or two things but I think it was more Ayer who'd let him in on one or two occasions but Taylor for the most part had a pretty solid defensive game. Going forward I think it, from memory he had one good cross that Frimpong picked up at the back yeah. post and I think he hit it just over or just wide but other than that he has he still has a knack of getting forward and cutting it back so far behind the play that it's almost like a clearance. He got yeah. in behind Hibbs' defence and he cut it back straight out the other side of the box behind three or four players. It's a minor complaint. I think he had a decent uh, a decent game, but with still reservations about how he, he goes going forward. I think we definitely still need to strengthen the position, but his defensive display in that game made me think well do you know what you're you're worth having around greg taylor i i don't think you're pro- possible i know i'm for some reason i'm addressing him directly here as if he listens but <laughs> he does listen uh, right? he listens. but but greg but greg buddy I, I don't i don't mind you sticking around i just want something in competition for the for the role scott brown misplaced four passes
2: in the whole entire game won all his defensive duels one just um whilst we're talking about stats there back to greg taylor though. I think Greg Taylor, and Gordon Strachan actually picked up on this. I don't know if he's stealing what I thought or I'm stealing what he thought. Um, I mean, Gordon Strachan do have a hive mind. But uh, one one thing I thought Greg Taylor was quite good, that was crossing from deep. See, on the occasions Mm. when he managed to cross from deep and he's not actually required to take a guy on or go to the byline, his crossing isn't actually that bad. But that's, again, just not the way we've been playing as of late, Melly.
3: No, I think he it'd be better if Ayeti was stayed on the pitch for that sort of the deep crosses because we know Edward's not really that type of striker and El as well he's not an out and out striker so he maybe lost a bit of that in the second half. But if Ayeti's on the pitch, fling the balls into him because we haven't really seen it yet, but he's good at heading as well. He's got a bit of everything in his locker. So but Greg Taylor, yeah, I thought he was good yesterday, but just again we've seen it from him before he has a good game but he rarely follows it up with another good game that's the problem he doesn't really have that consistency hopefully he can do that against Riga and St. Johnson next week but really I think if we're going to be starting with this, Oh yeah, Sarajevo Sarajevo not St. Riga, Riga, are Riga done. again
1: Their the Riga slugs are done put them right. in <laughs> no, don't need to play them again
2: well, there's only five days. There's only five days left of the transfer window. As we record this, the transfer window salams shut uh, uh, next Monday. Neil Lennon was in the press today. As the as the time of the transfer window ticks down, Neil Lennon is sounding less and less confident about keeping everyone. Mm. Um, Neil Lennon's direct quotes about the transfer window was: "I speak to Nick every day. We're spinning a few plates on a couple of players. We want to add maybe just one to the squad and keep everybody else." It's going to be fraught because it's the last week. There could be a lot of people scrambling for players, and we're not immune to that. But we don't want to sell anybody, and I think we are, in a, are quite strong on that at the minute. Um, well, so, yeah, Neil I no think winning. he's
3: happy with, that. happy
2: with that. I think he's happy with that. There's, I think we would be a bit of missive as not to talk about Odson Edwards' performance in the Hibs game. That, to me, again, looked lackluster. Uh, lackluster. Yeah, look, yeah, lacklustre at best. This is not the explosive, aggressive, Odson Edward that we're used to seeing. And in a performance, in a team performance, where everyone really performed quite well, I was disappointed with the with the Odson Edward contribution. After the after the Riga game, we we've got a a Discord group, which is a, a benefit for people in the all in tier, and we talk to them live during the games, and then they field questions for the reaction podcast. And someone on that Discord group. Put a really interesting question to us with regards to Odson Edward. I'm going to ask you guys on this live one again. If Celtic had paid nine million for Odson Edward at the same time that they paid five million for Albin Ayete, would you be happy with the contribution of Odson Edward as a new signing thus far?
1: Uh, well, purely uh, based on that premise, no. I, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, I would think he was raw and lazy and uh, bad attitude and, <laughs> and oh, all the <laughs> all the usual things.
2: Oh. No, all the it's really, f- really, really close to the bone uh, yes, cliches so that we things. get about certain players, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to fully put this into context because I'm, I'm trying to ask my mind, brain to forget everything I know about Arsenal yeah, Edwards and definitely. how amazing a footballer he is. It's very difficult. However, I do, I do get the point of the question. If you're basing it purely on what he's done this season, and bear in mind he's got what five goals in seven or eight games or something. Like that. So on paper, it's a good record. Across the board, though, his performances haven't been great, and I'm not just shooting off the top of the head here, of course, because Neil Lennon has spoken about how he's been struggling in recent weeks, so we need to take him at his word on that. I don't know specifically what he means by that, but I think we can all agree broadly that he has been struggling in terms of his form, so... Would it be, be happy if I'd paid £9 million for him? No, absolutely not. There would be hands ringing. There would be pearls being clutched left and right if that was the, the level of performance. Do you just think there's more to it? Transfer windows coming up. It's obvious that there's
2: been rumblings of this contract that he doesn't want to sign. There's been rumblings that, you know, his people are, agents are having talks. Agents are trying to get him moves. The, the likes of Brighton and Aston Villa are coming up. Do you think, Melly, that there's anything in this a week to go?
3: I don't think so, I think it's just a wee dip in form for the guy, Uh, I think it was maybe... That's a good
2: point, sorry to talk over you, but that's a good point that I want to bring up as well. If
3: you're you're going to say
2: it's a good point, talk over me all you want, that's fine. It is, what a a handsome point you make, Melly. Um, (laughs) uh, Lots of players have dips in form, but when Odyssey Edwards has a dip in form, all of a sudden, including me, people are saying, oh he's definitely going, he's getting sold. Do Do we just need to relax a wee bit about this?
3: I think so. I think it's hammed up a bit because Celtic weren't playing well and we've been through what the past two seasons. We have just solely relied on Odson Edward as our only striker really. But now we've got other options. We've got two guys that came in at the weekend and both scored. We've got Edward who can come on, Klamala, Griffiths is back on the bench. Christie played up front during the week, so it's not all on odson Edward right now. The pressure isn't on him. He's just maybe having a wee dip in form. He had that wee injury, he's came back, he's maybe not been able to get it. He's been in and out. But I have no worries about odson Edward going forward. If he stays, which I think he will, I think if he was going to go, there'd be a lot more rumblings, there'd be a bit more concrete offers. But I'm not really sure there's many enough squad that have got concrete offers to go. That could all change. But I think odson Edward will be here and I think he'll just go on to be a great player. It's just one of those things we forget how young he is sometimes because he is so good and because he's come over for a big fee. But this will happen with players. They'll just go for a wee dip. And I think this is Odds and Edwards. And if you were going to ask me first goal scorer on Thursday, I'd probably just still say Odds Edwards.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: So that's us approximately, given the edit, I couldn't possibly judge, but I'm just going to make a stab at this. I've never done this before. 40 minutes into the podcast and it's time for Brown Town. Uh, <laughs> Scott Brown was absolutely excellent. Again, as I said, misplaced four Again. passes the whole game. Won all these, don't even start, okay, right? Won all these <laughs> duels. Um, did everything that was required of him to do. As part of our overall great team performance, Scott Brown was one of the better players on the pitch as well.
3: Oh, aye. He was great. He'd done his job perfectly and these are the games you need, Scott Brown. A game against a team, a good team who are going to have some chances against you, some counter-attacks against you and are dangerous. We don't need him against possibly Livingston at home where it's just us attacking. And this is where Scott Brown stood up. I thought he was great. He won his interceptions. He kept play, play technique. he'd give it to McGregor, he'd give it to Christie. He was getting out wide, which he wasn't really doing against Riga. I don't think he made a pass to Frimpong. Oh, in, in the Riga game during the week which is a bit daft considering he was our best player but Scott mm. Brown a uh, great at the weekend we just need to see this a bit more often didn't get booked as well it was, it was all coming up and even we can touch past someday and round them and he yeah, got onto nice. the ball so I thought yeah that that's why Scott Brown plays we know about his leadership
1: and he got it right Yeah, yesterday was tremendous and again I go back to the the style of the game that it was. Mel, you've already covered it, but that's that's kind of what I wanted to say about Brown as well. I don't think, once again, I say, I don't think it's a coincidence that he plays like this against Hibbs, where the game is a wee bit more open and there are talented players that are going to bring out the best in Scott Brown. Whereas... I described him recently as a, a man without a country, a guy who was wandering around the pitch looking for a purpose. But against Hibs, he has that. He has a very yeah. clear purpose and he, and he, that proved out. He, he did his job perfectly well. I think that, that was great. Uh, the problem with Scott Brown has never been that he's not good. He's not a good footballer. It's just the use usage of him just now. And against Hibs, he showed just how useful he can still be going forward. But there there will be games where, as Melly's already said, it doesn't really have an essential function. Against the Hibs, he absolutely did. You know what we need? Then we just need teams to go to just come and play football against us. <laughs> so, so we
2: can going to just play football make against us. Easy, so, huh? aye, so we can show you how good we are. That, 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 you know that's what we need. See if you're just going to sit in. See if you're just going to sit in and make it difficult for us. You can beat it, but see if you actually want to play some football against us. Which, yeah. to be honest, bodes quite well for for, for the Rangers game. Because they're not going to sit in yeah, against yeah. us. They're, and no. we'll, be, we'll be tied any team that wants to come out and play football against a Celtic team. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe we are just not judging these games correctly as pundits, fans and podcasters. When Celtic come up a game against a team that's hard to beat, we go, oh, that was crap. Aye, because that team were hard to beat. You know, take take, yeah. take the Riga game. Take the Riga game, for example. We came away for that one thinking... God, Celtic are absolutely rotten here but when you look at it you know 15 shots all the possessions 6 shots on top we we dominated Riga but we just got away with that 1-0 win and it still left a a bit of a sour taste in the mouth Miley.
3: yeah well you described it and the match reaction as toilet and it, to
2: be honest so <laughs> I did I, it was toilet it was toilet absolute toilet
3: we had we had all the possession we had all the shots but we rarely created any chances we rarely had the good patterns of play this game would have been, if I said it during the week, see if you win 1-0 with a last minute goal away from home, you should be jumping out your seat delighted, but I didn't quite get that feeling because it just felt like a game we'd seen quite a lot this season where we maybe got away with it in the end. Deserved to win the game because we were the better team, but we just weren't creating the chances and I just didn't want extra time because I didn't want another half an hour of that. But getting the goal in the end, it doesn't seem as bad a result after the Hibs game. It was like, we got that win, we deserve to win it, clean sheet away from home against a team that rarely lose at home. They weren't the best, but they they stuck to their guns and they just sat in and defended. Then you get the Hibs team, see a team come out and you see what a good football team Celtic really can be. So, it's uh, my opinion about has slightly changed since the hibs game because we
1: we have played well since but it just seemed like another one of those games where we've struggled through at the time i think the that that is the challenge though that celtic face in an average season this is nothing new you have to find a way to break down teams who are just going to sit there there's it's all very well us joking about it but we can't really complain about it either because that's what these teams are going to do and it's yeah. up to Celtic to get around it. It's, it kind of reminds me, I, I remember um, Pep Guardiola's first season in England, I, I don't think they did very well because Celtic broke them, remember? They, they yes, went on a yes, massive that, winning winning streak and Celtic broke them. But they uh, broke them again this weekend, so, that, <laughs> and that's yeah. it, so they did. But I remember at the end of the season, they didn't do particularly well. I think they finished fourth or something like that, and Pep Guardiola st- started hitting out with complaints about the style of English football. And I was like, well, mate, they'll... You can't really do that. It's that's up to you. You can't kind of turn up in that style of football and complain about it. You need to kind of find a way to. Well, yeah. you sure you sure did right enough, but that's <laughs> that's that's what we face in Scotland. We we need to find different ways of of unlocking these defenses. So the, do we need the to a reason I bring it up, though? well, yeah, that, 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 as I, think fa- so. I mean, as, as fans,
2: I mean, as fans, yeah. that's the first time Riga have lost a European tie at home. Riga, you know, do go back a couple of years where Benfica podcasts. Talking about how teams like Benfica come to Celtic Park and get pumped, you know, because Celtic Park was a fortress for a long, long time. Yeah, you know, we would beat teams much better than us. So maybe it's just a just a case of that we need to be a bit more a bit more appreciative of how difficult these European ties, these tricky ties, can be. It's it's not like we've no seen it often.
1: Yeah, And where I was going with this is that I think we had just seen so many performances like that, kind of in a row, that we mm-hmm. lost patience with it. I think again. What we've been up against this season is almost no teams. Perhaps the first team that I would expect to finish in the top half of, of the Scottish Premiership this season. So we've basically been facing a string of teams that are going to sit in and we, as yet, hadn't really found a way through it. I think that's... The Riga game was kind of the... The final straw in that? No, the no the final straw. I just think there was a lot of negativity after Is that.
2: I'm <laughs> sick of this. I'm never supporting <laughs> <see it laughs> Celtic again. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> uh, no, no I, I
1: just think, like from a fan's point of view, I think we had just seen. A few too many performances like that in a row. While I appreciate it, it's going to be very difficult, I just wish that Celtic had that had that extra little bit of is it nous? snooze no to yeah. to break snus. down the defense like that snooze. <laughs> I, I wish we had an awful lot less snooze, but a little bit more nous. <laughs> yeah, the the Hibs game is is an awful lot more encouraging for for the season going going ahead. I think we just get that. Timely reminder that Celtic are awfully good at playing football when the opportunity arises. So, the the Riga game wasn't great, but if we'd recorded this podcast after that and before the Hibs game, you would have got an awfully different yeah. tone. I yeah. think. And look, I'm, I'm I'll take a
2: not playing great and getting through, as opposed to not playing great and losing oh, okay. the game, like yeah. like like
1: and as Melly said, we didn't get extra time. For a number of reasons, that was a positive because it put a stop to that crowd noise we were getting. Did you, Bloody oh, hell, you those that? idiots in the bus to the, the pots and pans. Riga Ultras or whatever it was at, at one end. Ultra annoying, just, more like. <laughs> sh- shrieking, <laughs> whining duds the entire the entire game. It was just short of Vuvuzela, Patr. Uh, unbelievable. So that thankfully put a stop to that, that late goal.
2: You think Sarajevo will be looking forward to playing us again? We absolutely battered them last year.
1: Yeah, we we
3: played them early on in the Champions League, but I remember Stephen, you were saying it that they, they were the best team we've played at that early stage yeah. of the Champions League. They went a goal up. But it was uh, it was a wild night that uh, in Sarajevo that night. It was, the rain was teaming down. But uh, mm. was it Mikey Johnson scored an absolute peach to equalise, and then we we went on to win the game, beat them home and away. But they were a good team for that level, and to play them again might be a bit of a help for us. That we, we've already played them, we know what we're sort of going into. But they've got a f- couple of wee things. It is a one-off game away from home. But I feel Celtic should have enough to go through because they're not playing at the stadium. They or do you want play to say at the that home? a team called
2: Celtic. Um, I've got a All wee right. bit of info. I've got a, a wee, I've got a wee bit of info written down here. I've got the team that they last beat two one, and I saw that they've got their derby postponed at the weekend to give their players more time to prepare. But neither of those two teams. Can I pronounce? Uh, <laughs> they beat Bud- Budugnost two one, and they have a derby against. This is hilarious. Z- Zellins, Z- 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 Zellins nailed Nake, it, mate! Absolutely nailed it. I, I think that's, oh, def- oh, that's I definitely it. That's definitely it. <laughs>
1: Um, Speaking of Selic, just apropos of nothing here, do you remember Rangers signed a player called Selleck oh, just before they died? Merv and Selleck. Oh, hi, uh, Jesus,
2: so did I die? I forgot about <laughs> the,
1: the final humiliation. This is when they were spiralling towards their, their final death dive and they signed a player called Selleck. <laughs> Jimmy oh, Bell putting Marvin in the back He's his talk instead of Selleck. Did <laughs> <less. Aye>. Oh, <laughs> oh It just popped back into my head there. Great days. Peckiness. Sarajevo, I thought, yeah, Mel is right. I thought they were a pretty decent team. I thought they they gave Celtic more of a challenge than I would have expected for that level of competition, for that level of the qualifying. I thought they were they were decent because, as you remember, after that we went through to play Kalyu and they were pretty dreadful to be honest. Mm, yes. So, the, all that did was show how much of a good performance it was against Sarajevo, but when we played someone slightly inferior. Uh, Since then, they they have a guy who I I have to flag up here as being one of the fastest players in the world. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. They've got former West Ham right winger Matthias Fanimo, who has been clocked at a speed of 34.36 kilometres per hour, which is 21.35 miles per hour. I would love to know how that compares to Frimpo. I'd love to know. I'd love to see the date
2: on who who, who the fastest player in the Celtic team is. It's not always the guy you think. But, but I before, was it? I ah, it was winner. Well, right. he's probably with those massive big strides. You can probably see Frimpong's got like the wee puppy legs, but Ayer's got like the big goat, horse ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: it, all, the, all this, um, it doesn't automatically go for much either, though, because Oliver Burke is probably in the conversation to be Celtic's fastest player of all time. It didn't he do much for him when he was here? He was no. a so, Premier League player.
2: Yeah. Talking about Fanny well, he played non league. So, he he was playing for Eastleigh, um, and then he got an opportunity to go and play in the Slovenian Second League because of a an acquaintance who owned a club out there, and that's how he sort hmm. of ended up and that sort of thing. So, he kind of really English non-league level, you know, that's the sort of player. He's not like, I, I don't want anyone to think because they're, we're coming up against the world's fastest player team that they've got this hidden gem there. He's, he's pretty yeah. rubbish at football, and, you know, I don't <laughs> want to mock any player's injury, but He's um got a horrendous injury record. You know, he's done both hamstrings, he's done his ankles. I was just having to read about the trials and tribulations of his career, and my immediate thought was maybe try no running so fast. Your hammies <laughs> might I was gonna say Your mate, your <laughs> <mammy's> <laughs> might appreciate it. He's fucking <laughs> busting two hammies running down a wing. Can he cross, no end product, nothing, just keeps putting himself in the hospital. Like mate, just relax My a
1: tensions be- are just exploding every time you go <laughs> to sprint I mean, it down and try- <laughs> learn how to play football mind can you, you saying you- Bolt at a trial
2: at
3: Brucey Adoptman because he's
4: fast
1: That's as sweet. well Good. can you technically say you're the fastest
4: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.
2: in the world if every time you run fast you blow your hammies (laughs) (laughs) is is that really
1: it's a a valid point yeah
2: (laughs) and on that bombshell we are running a competition as regular listeners know if you leave us a five-star review on itunes or podcast addict on the android make sure you leave your twitter name on there because someone left a cracking review for us last week they did not leave their twitter name you would have won if we could contact you but we can't contact you however there have been some tremendous reviews this week, so just log on, Leaves a five-star review. We're at 720. We want to try and right? hit 1,000. Oh. Aye, we, we want, want to try a thousand, and hit 1,000. Yeah. I don't know why. I said I would retire when we hit 1,000. <laughs> I really regret, I. regret saying that. But Stephen, would you like to give us this
1: week's winner, or winners, of the Best Review oh, Gold can, pledge? Can I be so bold as to pick two? I think there are two oh. worthy winners this week, just glancing across it here. DJ Darren Grant has been in there saying, "I need this podcast like I need real plastic straw for my McDonald's strawberry milkshake. Simply paper straws are pure buzz. I, like that. <laughs> I hate nothing paper to draw on the man. podcast. <laughs> terrible. My favourite is when they go all mushy and then sort of refuse to then penetrate the ice, going back into your glass. Absolutely do, terrible. Do you know
2: what I would give? Do you know what I would give for real plastic straws again? Honestly,
1: the life of a turtle." <laughs> Just sacrifice one turtle, slit its slit its one wee for throat. a life <laughs> of
2: plastic straws. Okay.
1: Also, Sean Boy that was a joke. By the way, that was a joke, <laughs> right? Sean Boy six one seven says peanut allergies can kill people. This podcast doesn't. Five stars for the podcast that is kind enough to consider those with peanut allergies. Again, doesn't have to be about the podcast. Five stars is all that counts. <laughs> and on that, oh, wait, wait a minute, boys.
3: Got a wee game if you want to play, or a previously mentioned thing, but today sorry, is... Mel, we don't have time. See, see <laughs> oh, you <watch>. like...
2: <laughs> we're over twenty minutes. <laughs> right, go for it, Mel. Is it quick?
3: Yeah, it's quick. It's quick. Today is the anniversary of said game where Pep Guardiola came to Celtic Park, my favourite ever game, and drew three. Is it? That's yes. A total coincidence that I brought it yes, up. Yes, it is. I've got two questions for you, boys. Okay. Can you name
1: the four goal scorers that night? Police. Right. Okay. Now think it's about it. Raheem Sterling on goal. Yes. Dembele. Yes. Fernandinho. Two. Dembele
3: got two. Correct. And Sterling on goal. That the
2: three Celtic ones, right? Oh, I'm struggling so you've you after that. you've got one more
3: goal scorer to get because Raheem Sterling did also score for me. Oh I'm right. Saying. Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> you've given you've given me one there. That's generous. You'll never it get no, it, boys. I'll put it easily. You no your misery. No, Eto, there you go. It wasn't like that. No, oh he's, oh he's got yes, us.
3: <laughs> life. Screw blockbusters, <laughs> right? Just one last thing as well. Okay. There is currently four players still at Celtic who started that game. Could you name oh. them?
2: Well, obviously, Scott Brown, Brown and Forrest. Scott Brown, of course.
3: Yep. yep Brown and Forrest. Rogic. Oh, correct. Yes. One more. It has to be oh, started the game. Yep. Oof. Near on. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> <of course. laughs> This memory
2: works. The reason, do you know the reason that? <laughs> do you know the reason I knew it was near Banton? I, I remember that it was near on? because I was invited on Celtic TV before the game to talk about stuff, and I'd sort of said. Uh, you know, I'm nervous about the game. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great test. Blah blah blah. One area concern I've got is perhaps near bit on be played at centre half or whatever because he's sometimes a wee bit shaky in that position. No, center I, mid very, he played. I played centre mid that game, but I was suggesting you know I, I, I worried whether or not he was up to the up to the speed of it or whatever. Doesn't matter. Celtic TV cut that bit out. You're not, <laughs> you're not allowed to even say anything ever so slightly negative on Celtic TV. So that never minute. made that never made the day. Just. Um,
3: uh, as Stephen spoke about earlier the how strong Celtic's bench was uh, at the weekend there do you want to know who was an unused substitute that night for Celtic? Patrick oh. others Callum McGregor oh Callum McGregor of course oh eh? my
2: so bit on started in McGregor well look we can't criticise because it was a terrific result and a terrific game and on that we shall end Melly would you like to say goodbye?
3: Uh, I'll just say goodbye because I just googled what goodbye is in Bosnia and I can't say it so goodbye <laughs>
2: What oh, great skit
1: that was.
2: <laughs> Melly's sitting there giggling Bosnian for the fucking podcast. Stephen, if you get any I languages you would like to say goodbye in. <laughs> I certainly
1: cannot top that. So just goodbye, folks. We'll see you next week. Oh, goodbye. <laughs>